My name is Carl Hinder and you're listening to the Good To Go podcast for salon and spa owners who want to grow. The only thing stopping you is you. Leave the chair behind. Welcome to episode four. This week, I want to tell you more about why you should be leaving the chair behind, not being behind the chair. Or if you're in the beauty or spa sector, I mean, how do you get out of the room? Or as I sometimes say in jest, how do you get out of the cupboard? I'm not blaming salon owners. I'm not blaming hairdressers or beauty therapists for behaving like this. After all, this is what's been happening for probably over a century. The hairdresser or the barber or the therapist became really, really good at delivering treatments or haircuts and eventually they end up with a property. They end up with their salon. But at this stage, when this happens to you, what you really are is what I call a hairdresser with a bunch of keys. At this point, when you had those keys in your hand, something should have triggered in your mind. Something should have said, I'm no longer a hairdresser or a barber or a therapist. First and foremost, I'm a salon owner. First and foremost, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going to do things differently. Unfortunately, in most cases, this just doesn't happen and you just carry on behaving like you were before, using your skills to create an environment that basically means you simply have a job. You're not acting like a business owner. You're not acting like an entrepreneur. You have a job, or as I call it, a job without a boss. Now, look, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, that would have been okay. You could have muddled your way through. You could have worked hard and achieved things. But, you know, the competition now is 10 times bigger than it was 10 or 20 years ago. The internet was in its infancy, and we didn't even have social media. But now people are much more knowledgeable, and I'm talking about the clients. They understand much more than before, and they're very, very well informed. And I don't think that more salon owners get this. I don't actually think more salon owners now understand what it means to own a salon. I don't think you've quite got with the program yet. Let's explore this a little bit more. How long would it take you to jump onto a social media platform not right now, by the way, once you've listened to the podcast, and find salon owners complaining. They could be barbershops, they could be hair salons, they could be spas, or they could be skin clinics. Doesn't really matter, essentially. You'll find salon owners complaining about things like bills going through the roof, or their salons being really quiet, and they don't have enough clients, or they can't get enough staff. Honestly, it'll take you just a few minutes. However, those same people, and sadly it might be you as well, will also be the same salon owners who don't have things like a website, or you don't have accurate pricing, you don't have great relationships with your clients, you don't understand what marketing is, you don't understand what a marketing plan is, you don't know what a brand is, you're just not business educated enough, and you haven't yet accepted that you are an entrepreneur. You haven't accepted that you're a salon owner and you haven't accepted that the criteria changed for you once you got that set of keys. Whilst you sat there, take a moment and be honest with yourself. 
Is there anything that I've said so far that is recognizable? Even a little bit? Maybe, maybe there isn't. And that would be good because that means you've moved on to the next level. You'll know the next level. If you are in a situation where the business is growing a little bit, maybe you've got some staff and you're building a team, maybe you're making a little bit of money. But the thing to identify is that every day there are some challenges. Every week there are challenges and every month maybe there's even a battle. Now that in itself isn't a, a terribly bad business situation. What's a bad business situation is that you haven't recognized it. And the real thing that you should be doing is asking yourself, why? Why do I repeatedly have to deal with the same issues? In most cases, you will have answers to these problems, at least in your mind you will. You'll be saying that you've got these issues because maybe your staff are underperforming, or you can't get staff because of the economy, or your bills are too high because of the recession. There's always going to be reasons. Now, some of them will be justified and some of them won't. However, whether the problems are justified or not, or the excuses are justified or not, it will boil down to why you really believe you're not taking action. And I think in most discussions, when you speak with your peers or sometimes with your team, it'll boil down to you feeling as if you don't have enough time to do everything in your business. I'm sure at some stage, we all feel like that. And it's true. We don't have enough time to do absolutely everything in our business. We have to manage what we've got. We have to manage our business. We have to manage our time. But how can you? When you're playing hairdressers and you're playing therapists and you're on the back of a chair, you're in a treatment room, how can you be focused on your business? How can you focus on being a business owner when you're too busy being focused on delivering services. Now, you might justify it by thinking, you know, I really need the money, Carl. I really need to be out here today putting money in the till. But you've got to be thinking, when you're grabbing money today, your future is getting away from you. Your short-term thinking is not helping your long-term gain. Let's be honest with ourselves for just a moment. When you're in a treatment room working with a client or on the back of a chair, what are your staff really doing? The reality is you don't know. The reality is that if you're in a treatment room, you have no idea about the customer service levels in your business. And if you're on the back of a chair, you don't know either. And don't say that, oh, I can check and I can look around because, let's face it, if you are good at checking and looking around, then you can't be good at looking after the client that's in front of you. There's a distraction, your service standards are lower, and again, you're jeopardizing the business, or at the very least, you're compromising the business. So, who is running your business if you aren't? Now, I know some of you will have gone to the next level and you will have identified someone to be your acting manager. Listen, that's a great move and well done. However, there are a couple of issues here. First of all, we then sometimes repeat the cycle. We get ourselves a manager and then we put them in a treatment room to do services or we put them on the back of a chair so they can't manage. Honestly, that is not a manager in any shape or form. 
But let's say we were to get a real manager who is available to manage the salon, manage the staff, manage the clients. Who's trained them? How can you have trained them when you've never practiced being a manager, when you haven't got systems and procedures all in place? All you end up doing is you get a really high quality person, you make them the manager, and then they deliver their version of your business. And even if they are really, really good at delivering their version of your business, and I'm hoping that you can see the flaw there, there's still no one dealing with the macro business, the big things, the structures in your business. Who's dealing with pricing structures and marketing and business development? There's no one running this business when you're in the treatment room or on the back of the chair. Let's look at a typical issue. How many times have you been on social media and seen someone say, I'm quiet this month, is anyone else? Maybe you've been that person going on there saying, are you quiet this week? Are you quiet this month? And everybody takes solace in other people being quiet. Personally, I never understood it. However, you're only quiet this month because you didn't do good marketing the last month or the month before. In fact, instead of being an entrepreneur and having a 12 or 18 month marketing plan and ensuring it's being delivered, you've been out there playing at hairdressers and therapists and hiding away on the back of the chair or in the treatment room, of course. And this is where the responsibility is. You know deep down that everything that goes wrong in that business is down to you. But you are still failing to dedicate enough time to the important things. My kind of call to action, if you like, my call to arms for you is step away from the chair. Or maybe you want to be a bit more graphic, you know, step away from the chair. Put down your tools slowly and move away. Of course, nobody can expect you to stop, you know, immediately. Can't expect you to stop today because you genuinely have responsibilities, right? You have bills, you have staff, and of course, you don't know how to do it. But when you hear yourself use other excuses, sometimes it's about the money, but we can change that. The things that block you most is when you start saying out loud, let alone to yourself, that... I love this job too much. I mean, I love the hairdressing. I love doing the therapies too much to ever give it up. I'm never going to go off and run my business, Carl. I just want to stay here. Or I love my clients so much. And honestly, the true answer to that is, please go and work for someone else where you can have your job without all of the business responsibilities. Meanwhile, all the time that you want a great future of time and financial freedom, you've got to start moving your mindset to where it needs to be. You have to realize that you gave up that kind of client one-to-one -one love when you stopped working for someone else. Now that you work for yourself, now that you have a business, now that you're an entrepreneur, you've got to have love for the business. And just transfer that relationship, if you like, that that attention to detail that you had with the one-to-one -one client to your business and get your emotional reward from seeing all of the clients, including the clients you're not personally uh, looking after anymore, getting the same great attention, the same great service 
and developing your reputation, you know, get your rewards, get your emotional rewards from having a great business with a great reputation because you're not going to be able to get it from your clients any longer. However, they are going to get the same love. They are going to totally, totally enjoy being part of what you've created. They're going to enjoy being part of your brand. Anyway, branding, that's probably a different podcast. Apart from enjoying the job, enjoying your time with a client and delivering the services, the biggest barrier is probably going to be your thought process over money. Now, the reality is, if you can't afford to step away from the chair, you probably can't afford not to step away from the chair at some stage. Because what you're doing is you're using the service, you're using the client, and you're using this financial barrier basically as a, as a distraction. You're distracted from running your own business. You're genuinely not running your business anywhere near as efficiently as it could be. You're never going to reach the potential that you and your team deserve. And the reason for that is you've always found services to be easy. And that's what we do. We always go back to the thing that is easy. And just because you're doing 8 or 10 or 12 hours a day of services or treatments, that doesn't mean your business is making any progress whatsoever. And while services and treatments are really easy to you, sorting business problems are not. And that's the challenge. You've got to take the tough route and you've got to go and solve the challenges. Now, I did say earlier, you can't come away from the chair immediately and I understand and I appreciate it. But what you have to do is you have to start setting yourself some deadlines. You have to say, in 12 weeks, on this date, I will be going from five days down to four days. And then 12 weeks later, I'm going to go from five down to three. And 12 weeks after that, I'm going to go from three to two. That's just an example. But you need to set yourself a date because you need to let the team know. You need to let your clients know. You need to be organized for it. It might mean that, meanwhile, you're going to be putting your personal prices up so that you can start reducing your client base. It might mean that you need more staff, change shifts, all sorts of things that you need to put into place to make this happen. It'll take you a few months to achieve this, to get you to a level that you can now invest your time into running your business. But I want to be clear. These are not extra days off. This is not your opportunity to go and do other things, spend time with the family. This isn't the stage you're at. That comes later on. This is about still going to the salon. This is still about going to the office and putting in the hard yards on your macro business. And remember, the only thing standing in the way of you is you. So if you don't achieve this, Take a good look at yourself, guys. Now, if you need help with management training or anything at all, just get in contact. I'm going to be here to help. Next week in good to go I'm going to be talking to you about what it means to be an average salon and how being average is a disaster and it is certainly not good to go. Thanks so much for joining me on my Good To Go podcast. Don't forget to drop into the podcast notes, pick up those links and do us a review. That way we can let other salon and spa owners know that we are here and trying to help them. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.